sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars. As if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. back to the podcast. This is Topanga Moon Podcast, the sole expansive podcast for anyone that is new here. Welcome. So happy you are joining on this journey and everyone else that has been with me. Thanks for being here again. I feel like every single time I come back to recording a podcast episode, I just... I feel like I'm back with my friends and we're hanging out, (laughs) Uh, hanging on the desert, drinking some wine, looking at the stars, just having a great time, having some good soul chats. That's what it's all about here. But today I have my tea because um, it's quite cold out today, so I'm going to keep myself warm. It's nighttime at the moment I'm recording, so getting really cozy, having those vibes, creating that energy, which is really what today's podcast episode is all about. It's about the energy of a place. And I was really inspired to talk about this topic and just this idea that's been ruminating in my mind for a while how does the energy of a place really affect us? Are there certain places that are better for our souls, that are better for our bodies, for our expansion, for our abundance? Are we meant to be in certain places of the world? Are we supposed to just travel through certain ones? Um, How is this tied to ancient civilizations and when they came to different lands or explored or utilized a certain area or lived in a certain area, how do they work with the energetics of a place? Because everything has energy. And I was really thinking about, you know, being in a place that maybe is not my optimal energetic space and how I could really expand and create my own rhythms and create my own sanctuaries within this place in preparation of, you know, an eventual move and more exploration when we're allowed to again. Um, So yeah, thinking a lot about the idea of travel and space and being in a place that really feels like a vibrational match to our souls. And I have so many examples and um, went into a lot of research for today. So yeah, going to get down to the energetics of place, sacred sites, portals, vortices, and specifically talk about 
this one place that I discovered through my research called Caco Canyon in New Mexico, which, you know, I have traveled through New Mexico, so I am going to talk a little bit about it today. It is, New Mexico has always been a, you know, a major study for me when it comes to my writing, my artistic exploration, this podcast. I energetically feel so drawn to the area and driving through it, stopping in certain places, having it be really something that is a theme throughout my script writing um, has been a curious exploration for me because I was, you know, I don't have any family from there. I wasn't born or raised there. I never spent much time traveling there. So it's this idea of why do I feel so called to a land or a place or an energetic spot? And maybe it has something to do with, um, I don't know, if you want to get into past lives or, you know, other kinds of things where you feel tied to certain lands and you just don't know why. Um, And it definitely is not ancestral because all of my ancestors come from Eastern Europe. So if anything, I mean, and I am called to certain areas along the Mediterranean and, um, and in Croatia and in that Eastern part of Europe, very much so, very much tied to the sea. Um, but, you know, a place, desert landscapes really, really have this special thing for me. And I know that I have to explore it in terms of my writing and filmmaking. So I wanted to dive into the topic of an energy of the place and why we're called to certain places, what is astrogeography and the astrology of our like the optimal and different places in the world that are basically charted through our astrology and the time of our birth and when we were born. I find that so fascinating that we could travel based off of astrology. (laughs) And uh, I have been to some places that are on my astro lines, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well. So yeah, um, I'm so curious to also hear about some places that have that are calling to you. I know that people from around the world tune into the podcast and there's so many different places with different energetics that I'm so excited to one day travel to. So I'd love to hear from you if you have places that are calling to you and, you, um, and you've never been there or you're just exploring it or if the place that you're living in is really tied to your soul. I would love to hear about it. So let's dive in. Um, What is an energy vortex? What is a portal? So a vortex is believed to be a special spot on the earth where energy is either entering into the earth or projecting out of the earth's plane. So think of it as going in and out and in and out and just this energetic vibration moving into the earth and out of the earth. Vortices are found at sacred sites throughout the world. 
such as the Great Pyramid of Egypt, Machu Picchu in Peru, Bali, Stonehenge, um, the Uluru Rock in Australia. It is believed that the vortex energy moves in a spiral, moving up and down. So that's what an energy vortex is. A portal is believed to be an energy point that is almost like a transference of energy within that spot. So one point in that vortex that can act as a portal to something else, to another place, or just another energetic vibration. Maybe it's not in a physical transference, but the portal energy allows you to shift vibrations, move up along the vibrational scale, um, shifting to different maybe vibrational universes. So where people go for, oh, so now I'm going to get into some of the places that um, are considered kind of like healing spots. So for example, Bali is really known to be a very spiritual healing place and there are tons of temples there and people go there from all over the world. They're, they feel called to there and there is this like magic of Bali and I've never traveled to Bali so I can't actually describe the energetics of the place but it is definitely some place that I wish to travel to and know and have heard of its healing properties, the sacredness of being there. And maybe it is attributed to the people who are there and the temples that are there and the practices and the culture that has already been there for so long and the energetics that they have woven into the fabric of their culture and of the land. Because the more we add energy to a place, it, it continues and it grows. That's one example. Another is, um, you know, in the early 1900s in, in America, a lot of people, if they were needing some healing or wanted to heal certain ailments, they would go west. They would go to the sun. They would go to places like the desert with its um, drier atmospheres and lots of sun to get healing and to... Um, so it almost became these pilgrimages of people coming from the East Coast over to the West Coast for healing. Uh, or if people are called to the sea for that reason as well. Um, just different places around the whole world that are considered these energetic portals, these healing places that allow your body to transform. And it's so interesting, I've always heard that you can't heal in the same place that you acquired the disease. And I find that to be such an interesting concept um, and can very well be true because your energetic body needs to be in a different place, in a different atmosphere to start that healing journey to um, relate to the environment in a different way, maybe to be drinking different water, eating different foods, being in a different climate, all of these things are external worlds as well as the energetic world that we feel internally cause um, this healing to take place. 
So why do we feel good in certain places? You know when you can, you know, walk into a room and you're just like, oh, this place has really good energy or when you travel to a different place in the world that you're feeling called to and it feels really good to be there or maybe adversely if you go to a place and you just don't feel good there for some reason, you travel to a place and you're like, this doesn't resonate with me. And it could be so unique and it could be so different for every single person. That's why the concept of astrogeography or astrocartography, using your astrological sign to navigate where different places in the world can be uh, really resonant with you and have a resonance with you. So um, some of the places that I've traveled to that are on my uncertain lines, I have a, a moon line going through Croatia, which is very much about relationship and femininity and anything that's kind of attributed to the moon, <laughs> all those beautiful uh, watery aspects. And Croatia is a place where my family and my lineage is from and my ancestors and very much tied within that culture and continued here in Canada when my parents came over. So it's really ingrained into my genetic makeup and passed down. So when I'm there, there is a energetic vibration of feeling um, kind of at home and really being drawn to the sea. Whenever I'm there, I just want to go to the water constantly. It's like, I just want to be in that energetic vibration. I, and the last time I was there, I was there for about a month, um, staying in my family's home that they built there in this place called Zadar, which is the central coast of Croatia. After I was just on an island, the island of Hvar, which has its, a different energetic vibration because in Hvar, everyone goes there to kind of party and it's luxurious and you go island hopping. There's this like, there's almost like this luxurious way about it, but then there's also this like fun um, socializing kind of part about it and explorative because we were going to different islands all around and then when I went to um, stay in my parents' house in this little village that we're from or that my dad is from, which is a different area than my mom, it it has its own vibration as well. It's a little bit, um, I don't know, I can't even describe it. It feels welcoming at the same time. There's this interesting energetics of... Um, you know, because a lot of my family kind of didn't didn't really have a lot of wealth or, you know, things like that. Some like a little bit of struggle in the past or in like past generations. And feeling that kind of like simple living is the best way to describe the energy of that place. Like how do we simply live? How do we grow our own foods and um, spend hours sitting on the porch just, you know, watching the sunset or the sunrise and going on long walks. Everything is like slower paced and simple living. And all I want to do is just go to the sea. I would spend hours just swimming in the, in the sea and gazing up the mountains and just soaking in the salt water and feeling just so expansive in that moment 
and getting so many downloads and knowing that I have this like deep connection to the the myth the mythology of the area and even kind of like I think of the especially for this podcast like the Eastern European um, just herbalists and people who are making things from the land like I feel so connected to that kind of way of being that when I'm there I'm just like creatively stimulated and just feeling all of this healing vibration from the water and from the surrounding beauty and everything like that and it's definitely a slower pace and my rhythm changes and um, my just skin changes and my you know physical appearance feels more in tune with that area I'm just more aligned with the food and the um the air and the sea and everything like that so energetically it's just this like mothering cocoon of a place for me and it's on that moon line so it's really optimal for me to be there when I want to feel that kind of energetic hug (laughs) I guess you could call it so that's another that's one example another example is um through my travels in Sedona Arizona and New Mexico, and I'll start with Sedona because Sedona is really known as a portal. It has so many places that you can go to and travel to that are vortices, and we walked through some of those different places like Cathedral Rock and these different canyons around. And when you're in Sedona, there's something about the energy, and I think it has a lot to do with the people who are attracted to the area, all of the healers, all of the mystics, um, for so many generations, the you know the Native Americans in that area, and just the different, all of these healing modalities that seem to be attracted to the super beautiful gorgeous area with so much nature and so much connection to the land and you can't help but feel the energetic presence and feel like you are in a vortex or in a portal and when I was there it was like anything that you could think of it's like manifestation instantly you're so connected to the cosmic world and to the energetic realms that everything is just flows and can be done in such a potent way immediately you feel something when you're there and I think once again has something to do with the types of people who are attracted to the area and the energetics that they give to the area as well there's this one area which you don't I mean I didn't even think of Arizona as having like rivers and lakes and forests but of course it has all of that and we did this one drive out of Sedona all the way to the Grand Canyon and the most beautiful drive through um what was it called oh Oak Creek so it's just like if you're just traveling outside of Sedona on this road and there's this forested area and this river that runs through it called Oak Creek River and it's so beautiful and at the time it was like perfect time of day the light was glistening through and just you felt like you were transported into 
another realm that just like a garden of Eden. It was just so beautiful. The forest was just different from anything I've seen before. And, you know, surrounded by the canyons and the, and the mountains and all those things. But it was such a special place. And energetically, there was even this moment where it seemed like we skipped time and all these beautiful things were occurring. So I would definitely suggest if you're going to go to the Sedona, Arizona area to travel around to kind of go to different places just outside of it because the, there's so much magic that continues on in different in different ways and um, rivers are very, really special to me and hold so much energetic wisdom and medicine and I love to be by rivers and just um, the idea of a river especially in these drier climates and more, you know, thinking of deserty landscapes is just a really beautiful occurrence together and they hold their own special vibration especially when it comes to water and if you've listened to my episode about water and the magical mystical properties of water you know how amazing it is so anywhere that there is water um whether it be a river or a waterfall or a natural spring it's just so potent with so much magical energy so then we get into um, New Mexico which I spent a lot of time in and like I said I've always been called to this area so that was kind of the reason for this trip and if you want to hear the full scope and story of the trip you can go back to episode one of Topanga Moon podcast where I go really in depth about that camper van trip and um, driving through um, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, kind of those quintessential <laughs> southwest areas that people do travels through. But there's a reason for it because the, there is this special energy of it, especially if you like those kinds of landscapes. I'm just drinking some tea. Um, yeah, so... New Mexico, can't talk about it enough, land of enchantment, <laughs> um, really, really holds up to its name. It does feel enchanted. You just have to go there and experience it. And I know for, it's not, once again, it's like we all have our places. We all have the places that make us feel really lit up and magical and connected to the, you know, um, just connected to the earth and connected to the world in a very particular way. And I feel a specific way when I'm in New Mexico and maybe it's the history of like all the kind of alien stories and all that stuff that I love so much. That is also a basis of so much of my script writing. And it's this idea of this connection to the cosmos. And that's what I'm really going to talk about today when I describe this one area of New Mexico and this kind of ancient civilization that was there um, and their connection to astronomy and, and the stars. And it feels like in New Mexico, you have these wide open spaces, you have these canyons, you have forests, you have lakes, you have deserts, you have so many vast open spaces with 
just so much beauty and and so much um, mystery shrouded in so much mystery that you can't help but think of you know at nighttime looking up in the stars in this big expansive place and that connection to the cosmos is so strong there and so intertwined to their daily life to their art to the um the native americans who were in that area um the pueblos in the certain area of new mexico and just like their communion with the the star system is just so prevalent there and that seems to be a huge theme that reoccurs when you're driving through and there's so many landscapes in that area vibrationally energetically that feel so potent and I think of the white sands in New Mexico I mean it's all selenite crystals you you feel like you're on another planet like the energy is just so different and you can't help but be so in awe of your natural surroundings that you're vibrationally more attuned to the energy of the environment that's all around you. And that's what I think is really happening, that beautiful dance between the nature and your energetic bodies and the transference of that, those two things really elevates your vibrational body in such a beautiful magnetic way and that's what I really love about it and there's just like this spirit there and just art and history and so much beauty that feels very out of this world and you can't help but be like you know intertwined into this into the stories and the just the poetic notion of being there and being connected to that kind of otherworldly realms that seem to be so prevalent in everything about that that state. So yeah, and let's get into Caco Canyon in New Mexico. So I found this, um, I've been doing a lot of research on this one area and I'm I, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't know about this before going on my trip because I definitely would have stopped at this one area if I kind of knew about this area, but it wasn't really on our travel map. I mean, there's so many cool places to go see there, but now knowing this story and this information, I would have 100% gone to this place. So now I just have to go back to New Mexico and go to Caco Canyon. So Caco Canyon, New Mexico. And this is a place that has really potent, special vibrational energy. So let's talk about a place shrouded in mystery and seems to be an energetic portal of sorts a portal to the stars. So Caco Canyon is a shallow canyon located in the northwestern part of the four corners of New Mexico. The canyon was a major center of the ancestral Pueblo culture between 850 and 1250. It has an ancient urban ceremonial center that is unlike anything constructed before or since. Petroglyphs found in Caco Canyon and the surrounding area reveal an interest 
in lunar and solar cycles. And many buildings are oriented to align with winter and summer solstice. What remains of this civilization indicates a highly sophisticated infrastructure that suggests alignment to celestial bodies. So this was a society that was really connected to the cosmic landscape. They used the stars. They communed with the solar cycles. They really um, tracked uh, their world based off of um, astronomy and the star systems. And I think that's such a beautiful, like symbiotic relationship that they had. And they use that for their culture and to advance in their civilization and the infrastructure that they created in that area. So there are elaborate stone buildings with some having 700 rooms and underground ceremony halls called kivas. And that is just some features that make the site so magical. And if you um, look up a photo of it, it's this structure is still there today and you can go and visit this area. And it just looks so incredible and so amazing. But one of the great mysteries of this ancient society is why this location was established in the first place. So the canyon consists of a very harsh climate. There's scarcity to water, uh, scorching temps, and frigid winters. So why this location? So why would people come to this area that would seem like it would be very difficult to live in these, in this weather, in this kind of, was it something to do perhaps with the energetic field of the location? There was something about this area that made it appealing enough to withstand the struggles with, you know, access to water or the very high temps in the summertime. Um, freezing winters, all of those things that are associated with just living in this harsher um, area. So due to their aptitude for astronomy, it's possible that the Kakoan people settled in the canyon for the sole purpose of reading the stars because it was definitely an area that was easy to um, map out and use the stars and to gaze at the stars. And that's potentially why NASA was also fascinated by this prehistoric civilization and took a very strong interest into um, looking into this culture and this civilization. Perhaps our ancestors were more advanced than one once thought. So let's talk about the disappearance, the very interesting um, otherworldly notion of why this culture disappeared. So the Kakaoans evidently disappeared without a trace. To this day, there is no burial grounds or graveyards that have been discovered in the canyon. And experts have not found any evidence of a natural disaster or cultural event that would have made them kind of escape their communities that they created. So what could have prompted this vanishing? So why did this whole culture or civilization just disappear? How is that even possible? Theorists believe that the disappearance of this ancient society has something to do with 
the stars, of course, their true reasoning for being there and their connection. It's possible that the Kakaoan race used their intelligence and aptitude for astronomy to escape an upcoming cataclysm or colossal catastrophe, can't say it, um, of some sort. According to ancient Sanskrit texts, the Earth cycles through four yugas or epochs. The fourth and final age is known as the Kali Yuga, which literally translates to the age of the demon and is the final era before some sort of cataclysm takes place to start the Earth's cycle anew. And some believe that we are living in the time of the Kali Yuga that is happening right now, which is what is contributing to our global warming and natural disasters and um, just global unrest and all of the different things and challenges that we face today as a planet and as a culture and civilization. So I also have to wonder if the energy of the space has something to do with the ability to disappear. Could it perhaps be a portal? Did this ancient civilization, were they advanced in consciousness to... um, find a portal to find this um, link between our physical realm and possibly an energetic realm was it really this connection to the stars were they able to transcend our notions of what reality really is and transport not only in um, an energetic sense but in a physical sense their culture to Um, a different timeline, a different vibrational reality, a different planet, a different world, a different star system. There's so many, so many wonders to, to look into. And it really makes you expand your thinking and your ideas of what is possible, of what some of these, you know, cultures might have known and, this curious case of this connection to the stars, because that seems to be something that is not only um, prevalent throughout, let's say, all of New Mexico in different various ways, um, but specifically with this culture and this civilization that was there at that time. That is the main reference and the main idea. There is this energetic portal within that land and this connection to um, the stars, the cosmos. So I thought that was really incredible and such a cool idea of how an energy of a place and how a specific location was so integral to this culture's advancement and their connection to this kind of otherworldly system. So so many things to to discover still. So now I want to get into um, some of the energetic portals around the world. I've talked a little bit about this and I'm not going to go fully in depth because I really just wanted to talk about um, Caco Canyon and the whole, you know, the energy of that space and, and really what it feels like 
and what it means to have energetic ties to places, but it's also really amazing to know and to kind of maybe even go and discover these and these considered portals around the world. And through most of my research, I've seen that there's kind of this ingredient that these are the most energetic portals in the world. Um, I think that there's so many other places that I've yet to go and explore that have cool energetics. And I think it can be very different for each person. You have your own um, reasons for going certain places or feelings in certain places or maybe like you know, you realize that this one place in the world, you are the most abundant there and the most aligned and that's what works for you or you're just called to move to a different place that you've never been to and it seem, and it ends up being like the most ideal place for you. So we all have our own energetic homes throughout the world and places that call to us. And it's really cool that we get to that we're in a time where we get to explore that when it is the right time to go and explore again. And it's also amazing that we can stumble upon portals or energetic places that really feel good to us. And I'm learning that more and more through different travels and through going to different places of finding new um, just energetic homes for me that ignite or spark new creativity or new insights that I haven't even thought of before. And some of them are even in Ontario, <laughs> in my in my current home. So that's been really beautiful to discover. So the seven most energetic portals, we have the root chakra, the root portal, which is considered Mount Shasta, California. And this one's really cool because I had an energy reading not too long ago with Sophia. She was also on the podcast. So if you want to hear that episode, she um, talks about my guides that she sees. It's really cool. So she told me that one of my guides is actually from Mount Shasta and that I really should travel there. I really need to be in the, in the mountains and um, go to this place, which is considered very energetically um, just electric with just a, a more like grounding, I guess, because it's considered the root chakra and that it would be beneficial for me to go there and that one of my guides are from Mount Shasta, which is really interesting. And I love California. I've just never been to that northern area in California. So... Um, the first inhabitants recorded date back as far as 7,000 years ago, but it is thought to be inhabited long before that. Many believe this area to be part of Old Lemuria, which is an ancient civilization older than Atlantis that was filled with superior human-like people that still live within the mountain of a series of elaborate caves. So when Lemuria was on the verge of collapse, it is said that the elders petitioned inner earth civilizations to help create a city underground. The inhabitants and Mount Shasta is one of the entrances, which is really cool. So the second one would be the sacral chakra, and that is Lake Titicaca, Lake Titicaca in Bolivia and Peru. 
another beautiful energetic you know place to visit is Peru and I have yet to go there as well but I need to so these territories were inhabited by cultures before the Incas especially by the uh, Tiahuanaco from 100 to 700 AD later when this kingdom was destroyed its people went to the north and then its descendants founded uh, the Inca kingdom Finally, the Incas conquered these territories and considered the lake as a sacred place. In the 1970s, um, Jacques Cousteau, and then again in 2000, an international archaeological expedition discovered an ancient temple submerged underneath, which is so cool. So the third one is Solar Plexus Chakra. This is Uluru and Kata Chuta in Australia. I'm not going to get into all the descriptions um, because I don't. It, I just don't have time for <laughs> all the different descriptions. But that would be the third one. Fourth one is the heart chakra, which is Glastonbury um, and Shaftesbury, England. Some believe that the heart chakra, and this is kind of what I believe as well is in Maui in Hawaii. It, it definitely feels like a place of um, just heart truths and heart expansions. And so, and I've been to Maui and it really is like such an interesting energetic portal and really shook up my life. <laughs> so I would say that would be the heart chakra for me. Number five is Throat Chakra, which is the Great Pyramid of Giza in Mount Sinai, Egypt, and Mount of Olives, Jerusalem, Israel. The sixth is the third eye and does not have a fixed location. It always changes. The seventh is the Crown Chakra, which is Kailash, Tibet. Tibet is really... This one's really interesting, so I'm, I am going to read this one. Um, it's called the Gateway to the Divine through the crown chakra. It's located high in the mountains of Tibet. It's known as the crown of the earth. It's in perfect position for people to communicate with the universe from this place. Kailash is the most sacred mountain in the Himalayas and is located in Tibet, rising to um, 22,028 feet and the highest and most rugged parts of the Himalayas. And there's two lakes that are situated there. Um, there's a higher lake and a lower lake. And the lower one's in the shape of a crescent moon, which is really beautiful. And it is even forbidden to climb the mountain in this area. And there's no known reports of it ever happening, despite, you know, people trying to do so. And indigenous people believe that this site is so sacred that any attempt to climb this mountain would be considered a slight to the immortals and would have been inevitably result in death which is amazingly terrifying <laughs> so those are the um portals of the world the different areas so curious if any of you have been there so there are some other places that i have yet to discover and yet to travel to that i really feel called to energetically and um like i said i would love to hear from you guys if there are places that you've 
had some interesting experiences in or feel really called to go there. One of them for me, and I've spoke about this before, is Patagonia. I have this real calling and I know energetically I'm just going to feel it feels like an adventurous place for me to expand my horizons and expand my worldview and have this deep connection to the earth and more of my purpose. That's what I really feel called to when it comes to Patagonia. Some other places, I mean, there's so many places. Yeah, I've mentioned Bali. I haven't been to Bali. And I also heard Ibiza in Spain is a really potent energetic spot in the world and a lot of healers and mystics and artists have gone there and um, also say that there is this you know thriving energy and beautiful vibration that is in that area another place that I'm about to go to is British Columbia and I'm going to be there at the end of May so I'm really curious to see what the energies are like I don't really have a reading on what British Columbia is going to feel like for me at this point it doesn't feel like a place that I would necessarily settle in for whatever reason Um, but it does feel like a place that I know is going to just like excite me creatively and um, make me just want to be outside all day and and in nature Uh, so many other places I would love to go back to Savannah Georgia that place energetically just excites me and makes me feel like I'm in history in some way and um, just the southern charm of it all I would love to go to Louisiana and um, even parts of Florida, I'm I'm very interested in going to now, kind of going to those like what are those called? Like the swamps and the and the different kind of different areas with different water. I'm really attracted to places um with very interesting water landscapes and connections to different rivers or lakes or things like that. And um where else would I would love to go? So, I mean, I would travel everywhere and anywhere, (laughs) really. Um, There's, I mean, I'd love to go back to Costa Rica. That place energetically was really incredible. And hmm, some other places, maybe Brazil. I think that would be amazing. Um. Yeah, and oh, I would love to also experience what it would be like to be in like Sweden or Finland, somewhere that's very northern with very different landscapes and um, go at a time where it's mostly night and you see the northern lights because I know that once again, that connection to the cosmos is so intriguing to me and really makes and changes my energetic field and uh, I, f- I feel like it's a portal to another universe whenever you're connected to the star system or the universe or you can really be connected to the moon. Um, anything that is in our cosmic landscape is this like portal to this other place that feels so mysterious and, and maybe that is my just constant fascination <laughs> um, with the stars and the universe and this 
need to be writing those stories and that connection between our earthly bodies and our kind of cosmic bodies. So yeah, that's it for today's episode. I hope you loved this chat about different energy places in the world and learn some things or maybe or you know have kind of this travel bug now of places that you want to go and explore energetically and see how you feel in your energetic body and if things shift for you. Um, I know that I'm extremely excited to start traveling again whenever it is the best time for that to happen. Um, it's not that time yet. And I would love to hear from you. So you can always send me an email and check out the website. And if you love this episode and my other episodes on Topanga Moon, it really means a lot to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It helps out the podcast and for people to find it. And I would love to hear your thoughts and ideas and suggestions and anything from you. Um, yeah, and there's some really fun things I'm going to be doing with Topanga Moon in the next coming months expanding the podcast some more, bringing some new things to the Ritual Provision Shop, my little shop that's all about ritual goods. Um, I'm adding some really cool things in there, which will show up at the end of this month, beginning of April as well, and possibly a course, possibly something, um, something else to help guide you through this cosmic exploration. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode and that you're having a beautiful day.